Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. We have all bought into belief that following hiring best practices will ensure that we make the correct hiring decisions. Yet those best practices really do not produce consistent results. Why? First, best practices are guidelines that trickle down from big name brand companies who have the advantage of a much fatter wallet. And they are mostly transactional. Second, what works for large companies does not work for startups. The truth is you are needing to hire a totally different type of person. Startup companies need builders to fuel the company growth. And builders are not all about the money. They're about personal and professional growth. This requires that you approach these people in a way that is counterintuitive to best practices and centered upon answering the question, what's in it for me? I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders. So yay, back by popular demand, today's show is going to address one of the hundreds of questions we receive on a weekly basis. So today is a solo show just for you. For those of you who don't know me, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. So I cut my teeth as an executive recruiter for tech startups in the Silicon Valley. I've coached leaders, candidates, and I've helped build over 200 companies, mainly startups within the Silicon Valley over the course of my career. On a personal note, I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm an F1 aficionado, and I'm a glorified adrenaline junkie. So now you guys know who I am. I do have a little bit of street credit when it comes to what we're talking about today, especially since we're talking about hiring, which is my jam. So today we're going to discuss why it is so critical to break away from best hiring practices or hiring best practices. And we're going to actually give you a process so you can create your own best practices that can crush your competitors. So let's get started. Today, I find the biggest challenge that we have as entrepreneurs and as people who are trying to build companies is first off our belief, starting with the beliefs that, and I think people buy into this, there's no right way to hire, which is completely and utterly wrong. There is a right way to hire. The problem is that we just struggle with doing that effectively, or we do it based on a model that is not good for startup companies. We also buy into the belief that hiring fails are acceptable. Most companies have about a 50% success rate, which means that you might as well just bring somebody into a room, flip a coin, heads you're hired, tails you're not, and you probably have just as good of a chance of making the right hire doing that as you do running through and eating up a bunch of time on an ineffective process. So we look at it as it's just the cost of doing business. Let's get out of that mindset. Those beliefs are wrong. There is a right way to hire. Hiring fails are not acceptable because if you take your time and you have the right processes and structure in place, it's going to put you in a position where you're going to be successful almost every hire. Now, there's another belief that we buy into, which is copy those who are successful. And those who are successful, we look at companies like Google and Amazon. And yes, there's great content we can pull from those companies. But for the most part, if you try to copy their interview process, 
it's not going to work. Number one, they'll teach you exactly what they do because if they know if they come head to head with you in a hiring situation, they've got a much fatter wallet and they're going to be able to buy that person out from under you. And two, when these companies were at your stage, they had much different hiring practices. They didn't have the huge payroll that they could cover to make sure that they're landing the people that they need to land. They also have put a lot more time and effort into evaluating people for their unique cultural fit, which is something we miss because we get locked in on, we need somebody who's got these skills. Copying those who are already successful, not a good plan, not a good plan at all. The other belief that I wanted to dispel is that people from name brand companies are great hires. I often see entrepreneurs get locked in on, hey, we recruited this person, they're out of Facebook, they're out of some big name brand company, and everybody gets really excited about that person. So what ends up happening is they mitigate the actual interview process because they want to impress the person, pull out all the stops to get that person to join. And often, quite often, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs that I've met throughout my career and on this show that have talked about, that was usually their worst hire that they've ever made. And the reason why is because those people aren't positioned properly for your organization. Now, you can get great people out of those name brand companies. Those people have to be builders. They cannot be people who are even moderately toward the maintainer side of how they're wired from a DNA perspective. Here's another not so well-known truth. Most people that are willing to leave big companies are not the high performers because the high performers usually have golden handcuffs and they get to handpick the work that they get to do, especially if they're builders. So again, you know, when you're looking in these places and you get locked into somebody like that, yes, it looks great to your investors, but it doesn't serve the business. And then the last myth that I want to kind of dispel and get you guys to break as far as that belief goes is that more candidates give me a greater chance of success. I'm going to adamantly argue that you don't need to see 100 candidates for one role. You need to see two, maybe three at most. And so the more candidates that you see, the more resumes that you get, the more people you talk to, the more time you're killing within the organization from a productivity perspective. So as a small startup, you shouldn't be wasting time talking to people that aren't positioned properly for your company in the interview process. Now, the discovery call is a whole nother thing, and we'll get into that in a minute. But the people get into the interview process itself, two, maybe three people, and you should make a hire pretty quickly. You have a much higher success rate if you target people. Again, one to three people per role get you the person that you need. And as long as you got the systems and everything in place, it's going to put you in a position where you're going to succeed. I want to add a quick note here. Focus is something that's really important. Again, we focus all of our effort in recruiting. Now, recruiting and hiring are two different things. Recruiting is the process of bringing people into your funnel, how you get them on board, and you can have the best recruiting team ever. But once you get them into your funnel, what happens? That's the important part. The thing that lands people at your company is not getting people in your funnel. It's getting people through the funnel to the finish line. And that is the interview process. So the execution of the interview, that interview training is super, super critical. These are some of the challenges that I've been seeing within organizations that I've been talking to and some of the questions that have been posed to us over the past few months. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. 
Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources and a link to Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your guide to hiring the most successful people. So we just talked a little bit about some of the challenges of following best practices. And now I want to get into how do we solve the problem. So let's start with our beliefs. We really need to curb those beliefs and start looking at it from the perspective of not relying on job boards, not relying on the traditional ways in which we've all kind of been bred to understand is the best way to hire people via marketing and whatever other way. Your strongest hires as a startup are going to come through your network. Someone in your network knows someone that is a strong hire for you. Now, if you built a strong board of advisors, as my guest a few weeks ago, Michael Downing, had suggested as being one of the critical components that you actually need in your organization before you start to build, then you're going to have a referral base. And the problem is that once we have this referral base running, what ends up happening is Once we get to a point where we get some funding and we need to scale up quicker, then we completely deplete that whole piece and we move toward getting an inward funnel of candidates coming through via job boards or job postings and that sort of thing. And I'm going to argue that's not the best place to spend your money, especially right now. People are being very, very picky as far as people are wanting to leave. They're moving quickly, but they're being very picky and they're focusing very much so on what's in it for me cultivate that inner network. That's the first thing. Secondarily, positioning before skills. Now, what I mean by this is that positioning is in someone's DNA, right? Who you are is how you work. I consider myself a builder. I love to get in and build new things. I'm really good at starting something up and driving it. There's a lot of people like me out there. We happen to be really, really good for startups. There's also people that like to take things that are already existing and improve them, make them better. Those are good for startups too when you have an improver with a builder tendency attached to it. Or if you're at that point where you've got an existing product and you need to make it better. You're going from your MVP to your MSP. But where we get in trouble are what I call maintainers. Maintainers are people who actually, they're there for the paycheck. They like to go in and they do good work, but they do just their work. They don't go above and beyond. They're not really built for a startup. They're more practical at a larger company because they can actually do really good work at their pacing and they can add benefit to that company. That's where we get into trouble is when we hire maintainers and startups. I want to get you guys to really understand the fact that only builders will help your company grow. Only builders will help your company grow. Now I want to shift to focus because this is actually a really practical area in which I find is most important to you. Focus on the interview, not the funnel. I mentioned this before, we focus in on getting 100 people, and it's really nice to say, wow, we posted an ad, we got 100 applicants. Ego check, great, okay, woohoo. But who's gonna screen those 100 applicants? If you're a small company, you're probably screening through resumes, and you're looking at what you like, what you don't like, and then you're making decisions based on a piece of paper, which again, tells you nothing about the person. I'm gonna go back to my belief is that resumes are the biggest waste of time. The most valuable content in the resume is the white space and the contact information. So you gotta use that contact information. The interview is that one piece that wins hires. It's not bringing people into the funnel and just having a conversation and I feel good, you feel good, and hopefully it's gonna end up all kumbaya. 
The interview itself needs to be challenging, it needs to be impressive, and it needs to be something that is really well-planned, thought out, and regimented throughout your organization. It's practiced. So the current best practices, if we look at what's happening now, you have a bunch of resumes come in, you'll spend 10 to 15 minutes on a screening call. What a screening call tends to be right now is that you call somebody up and you say, hey, look at, I'm from XYZ company. Here's what's really cool about us. Here's what we do. I'm gonna talk to you about a bunch of great things about my company, who we're funded by, what we're doing, what we're selling, we're blowing up, great. Then I'm gonna start talking about the job and I'm gonna start selling you on the job. And then I'm gonna gather your requirements. Now your requirements are gonna be something like, why are you looking to leave? How much are you looking to make? And when can you come in and interview? And then an interview is scheduled. Now, what's happening is there's a lot of people who are having problems with people not showing up for their interviews once they're scheduled. That is because of your screening call. Now, I want to talk about the importance of swapping out that thinking of doing a screening call to making it a discovery call. Now, this can be done by an admin. It can be done by you. It can be done by somebody within the organization, but it should be scripted out. And if you want a copy of our script, send me an email and I'm happy to send that to you. You can also get it in the book. But also, the discovery call is your biggest asset in this whole recruiting process. It's the thing that sets the tone for whether or not the person's gonna be in alignment with your company, whether or not you actually even fit what it is they're desiring or what they're looking to do. And it's gonna get them to lean in to showing up for your interview because they're gonna see the value in coming into interview with your company other than being sold on something that they may or may not want. So this is where your biggest time investment needs to be made is in this discovery call. So even if I get 100 resumes to come in, myself, maybe one of my other people, an admin, are gonna go through, we're gonna crank through and do the discovery calls on all 100 people. Because what I found is the people that you would screen out based on their resume are often the people who are best positioned for your organization. They just don't have time to write a resume. Or do they have the desire to write the resume? This especially comes true when you're dealing with somebody who is a referral or somebody who you actively go out and either act passively recruit or somebody who comes via like a LinkedIn reach out. There are some people that will come through your application process too that are probably good as well. So you just have to keep that door open. You have to utilize, that's where the time should be spent. And again, you don't wanna take your interviewers out of their normal day of productivity to do these discovery calls. They can be done by an admin or yourself or really anybody within the organization. You can divide and conquer and have those done. The discovery call determines a couple different things. One, again, like I mentioned, their positioning. Is this person a builder? Are they an improver? Are they a maintainer? It's gonna provide you invaluable insight as to a person's pain. Why am I looking to leave? Am I a problem child? Or am I in a situation where I've got some bad leadership? Who knows? There's gonna be a bunch of different pain points in which this individual is causing them to look at something outward. Then, what it is they desire. Now, this is super important. If I want to do the work that you need me to do, guess what? I'm going to do really well at it, even if I haven't done it before. But if I'm just doing the work for a paycheck, but it's outside of what the type of company is that I want, and I'm just shopping offers, you want to know that up front. You don't want to invest your time into somebody who's positioned really well for a large company and bring them through an interview process and then lose them at the end 
in putting out an offer that would never have been accepted. And then finally, the third piece that you really want to have them dig into and gain understanding of is the impact that they brought into the organization. This is a key indicator of a builder versus a maintainer or even an improver. Somebody's going to tell you, I built this from scratch. I did this. I saw there was a problem. I fixed it. These are people, especially within startups, that you need to hire. So we've got what to believe. We've covered that. Focus on the interview, not the funnel. And now I want you to focus in on actually making interviewing your strongest talent. Now, you as an entrepreneur, you as an executive within a company, it's your job to be the strongest person interviewing. It's your job to attract talent. You can have the best product in the world, but if the people that you bring on board are not of the caliber that you need in order to spur the growth of the organization, that's on you. That's not on the HR people that you hire. That's not on anybody else. So I want you to get in the mindset of, I'm gonna make interviewing my strongest talent. Now, how do I do this? So first I'm gonna solidify my interview process. A couple things to note here. One, timing is super important. When you're setting up the structure of your interview process, think about how much time it's going to take from the time I get somebody engaged, maybe a phone call, somebody sends me a resume, any first contact that I made, to an offer acceptance. Now, if you're a startup and you're nimble, you should be running no more than 10 business days. It's two weeks. It's plenty of time to bring somebody through an interview process. And more importantly, it gives you enough time to pace it out to make sure that they don't jump somewhere else. And then the timing of the interview, super critical, super important. 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the position of the interview or how in-depth you're going to get. But we plan for 45 minutes. And the reason why we do 45 minutes is because we assign four questions. Three of them need to be answered. And they're conversations about those questions to align with whether or not somebody is going to be a good fit within the organization. So then you need to pace out your steps. Discovery call first, then the interview. You're going to have the video or maybe an on-site interview. The number of interviews that you need to determine whether or not somebody's gonna fit into your organization. Here's the thing, if you're a startup, you need one discovery call and probably two additional interviews. That's it. You can do three if you wanna do, like have somebody come in and meet you as the executive or the entrepreneur, the, one of the co-founders, but you really only need two. So once you know somebody's positioned properly for the organization, that's a huge piece. Secondarily, when you move them through the interview, now you're going to do the evaluation for whether or not somebody aligns with your values. Four questions, three of them need to be answered, one can be a knockout, and the questions are designed to surface evidence of value alignment, meaning they're tied to something. Most interviews, what happens is you ask a bunch of really good questions, but they're not tied to anything practical. They're just tied to an idea of what you think that you need for this organization. That does not align with values. It's not that we're asking bad questions. We're not going deep enough to figure out whether or not somebody's on board. The content is the next piece, and you need to predetermine and assign those interview questions. So you need to put in the effort of writing those interview questions out and then determine in what order they go. Interviewer number one gets these four questions, and these four questions they're trained to understand how to dig deeper on and gather evidence. And again, it's not about asking questions. It's about having conversations that unearth evidence 
to support a decision. The next step is broadcasting your process. Now, a lot of people don't put their interview process out there. They just say, hey, here's our values, come interview. When you broadcast your interview process, Amazon did this really well quite a few years ago, and you can Google Amazon interviewing. People have written articles about their interview process. You should do the same. That's one best practice that I would incorporate from a larger company. Because if you put out there that, hey, we have a very challenging interview process. We ask behavioral questions that are designed to uncover whether or not you align with our values. And guess what? We make our decisions based on value alignment over skills. These are things that other companies are not broadcasting. And to high-performing individuals and A players and other builders, the people that you need to hire, this is attractive stuff. This is the thing that gets them to lean into your organization and think, shoot, I got to check this out. That's what you want. You want to make it known that you foster growth for builders. So your content needs to be broadcasted out there. And then finally, the last piece of your interview process is it has to be super tight and super strong is that you can conduct a good interview, but the download piece that happens is usually a, hey, what do you think? Did you like them or not like them? And if it's, a, yeah, I liked them and we should hire them, there's never a why. You need to make it a rule that there's no evidence, you don't get a vote. So you have to have conversations that extract evidence to vote either way, yes or no. And when you have these clearly defined questions, there's no reason why people can't extract the evidence that really bring forth the evidence to support a decision either way. And you know what? Make it harder for somebody to say no than it is for them to say yes. Because it's very easy for somebody to say, no, I just don't see them aligning well with our values. And that's a cop out. There's something deeper there that they're not letting on to. Your interviewers need to be trained. And how you train is by role playing and recording their conversations. There's plenty of ways to do that. You can just record the Zoom if you're doing a Zoom meeting. But the fact of the matter is you need to make it a streamlined practice that, again, people understand there's accountability built into it. And then, again, bias has no merit. With evidence, you have no bias. You can eliminate bias from the hiring decisions. It's either a hell yes or a no. I really don't understand scorecards from the perspective of scorecards. They're like, give me your opinion on something. How would you rate them? That's subjective. It really has nothing to do with, yes, this person aligns with these values and here's how. And then the decision, again, has to be supported by evidence. Key takeaways for this that I want to align with you guys really quickly. One, the importance of discovery call. That is the most valuable point of contact for every company. And it's not best practice to have a discovery call with people that's more in-depth and actually gives somebody a good experience and brings them through to fruition either way. So if somebody's not a fit, you have these conversations where people actually will say, hey, I'm not a fit. And they get closure. And guess what? You don't get bad glass door reviews. For that, we're out of time. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the show, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show's for you, and we're listening. We're just trying to make it better more and more. 
You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Greg Sklut. He's the co-founder and CEO of Crystal Nose. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard.